0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another overcast day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Diana Taylor, Managing Director of Marketing Humber, an organization that promotes the successes, opportunities, and businesses of the Humber region. Diana, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for making time to come on the show today. Uh, Now, normally we go straight over to the subject of leadership. But considering the ongoing uh, COVID outbreak, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, how has uh, the COVID restrictions affected your region? Uh,
1: The the region as a whole, um, of course, has had a huge uh, varied uh, response, I guess, um, to the impact of the the coronavirus and the pandemic. As a small organisation, that meant for us, immediate relocation of team, swift implementation of new ways of working. Uh, And of course, as for many, it was a decision not to mothball and furlough, uh, but to reallocate resource, uh, make sure that we could shift our support to our members so that we could best share information, tools, resources whilst fulfilling our regional programme remotely. But of course, for a lot of our members, um, and in the Humber, uh, we're known as the UK's energy estuary. We're, we're a huge industrial cluster that's developed along the banks of the river. So our members and our businesses are refineries, uh, chemical manufacturing, steel and cement making. Uh, we have a very strong presence in food and drink, pharmaceuticals. We have double the sort of concentration of manufacturing here, uh, as well as being a leading digital hub uh, all around a really large ports complex. So you can imagine that the impact Of coronavirus um, has been very significant. Um, So so for them, um, some have had to furlough teams, some have effectively mothballed their businesses for three months, and now are beginning to emerge back into the industrial work scene. Um, But obviously, on the other hand, um, some of those, especially in um, HSE, healthcare, food and drink, have actually found themselves struggling to deliver an increased Mm. demand for services or products with a reduced socially distancing workforce. So so the impact uh, has been significant, but very, very varied.
0: Do you see a path out of our current situation? What sort of actions need to be taken uh, to support local businesses at this point in uh, time?
1: Well, I think uh, in the last three, three months during the lockdown, there has been some powerful work to make sure that the businesses have access to the funding, the grants, the furlough scheme, as well as some significant training. Uh, And I have to take my hat off to the local authorities um, who have really worked an incredible uh, uh, and almost um, impossible uh, task of converting the government schemes into practical deliverable processes here. And a lot of the membership organisations here in the Humber have all come together to make sure that the businesses could have access to that financial support. Um, and this financial support, you know, let, let, let's not um, diminish this in, in any way at all. It has kept businesses afloat. So I think as, as we go into recovery, and I think we have to acknowledge that many businesses actually aren't really ready to come out into recovery yet. Some are still deep in crisis. But Businesses are re-emerging this week with, with shops reopening and businesses coming back online. Um, it is about continued support. Um, if we look at some of the businesses that we have here, um, I, I've been impressed. Um, some businesses, uh, so for instance, we have Ansel UK, RB, Smith & Nephew. Lots of those have been ad- adapting to meet new needs on products such as Dettol, hand Hand Gel, PPE, um, and of course, we have many on the front line as well. Uh, so we have the huge whole University teaching hospital. We've, we've got uh, the City Healthcare Partnership staff and key workers all on the front line. And of course, what we need to really remember is that this is an ongoing um, activity and, a, and an ongoing response that is going to go on uh, for another year. It's not going to diminish. We are going to continue living with the virus. Um, Others, of course, in the region have instantly had to diversify, um, you know, and, and that has been very powerful as well and, and uh, inspirational, really. Uh, so some have, have diversified in support of COVID response, and others, of course, into new markets and products um, to survive. Uh, and again, as, as people um, and businesses come together, it's about making sure that we can continue to support uh, because, in fact, if we look at manufacturing. Uh, and we have certain sectors in manufacturing have been hit very, very hard. Um, and the effects of the pandemic have still to play out. Some manufacturers who ordered, or whose order books were filled for the, for this period back in quarter one, of course, have been trying to maintain or restart production whilst keeping their workforce safe. But of course, it's the order books that would have been filled in this second period that now lie empty. Uh, and that means, I think, that the economic impact will be delayed into the second half of the year and maybe beyond. Uh, this is particularly meaningful uh, for manufacturing industries like the caravan industry. Mm. You know, order books are normally filled through the Easter to September season with orders from caravan parks, and without car- caravan parks being open, then production through the winter will not be needed. Um, as uh, we have a huge concentration of, of the caravan sector here, we have two thirds of the uh, workforce for the production and we have about a third of the supply chain as well supporting them. So you can imagine that the ripple effect um, through manufacturing is going to go on for a, a very long time. And mm, um, So I, I think one of the key things is about that ongoing support and looking for new ways um, of supporting businesses uh, through this very difficult period when order books are going to be very, very low.
0: It is a challenging time, and it is a time for uh, a lot of uh, leadership to come to the fore. Uh, Speaking of which, we should move on to the subject of leadership. Um, I always like to start this part of the conversation off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Leader means to me the person in the business or person in any group. You can be a leader in any element of life, of course. And it's the person that will set the vision, give a clear pathway for their workforce or the team that they're working for or working with, um, and give uh, a vision of where you would need to be and how to take people on that journey towards that vision. I think that's probably what a leader means to me.
0: How would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: Uh, I would like to think uh, it's very inclusive. Uh, I've, I have to say I've also learned a lot about leadership uh, in the last three months. And I think if we take some of the positives out of, out of the pandemic, um, I think the evidence, the reward, the benefits that you can have working with a, with a team um, have really you know, come to the fore. And I, I've learned a great deal. Um, so in, in terms of being an inclusive leader, I think also um, it's about gaining trust about being open and honest Um, and the reward in return for that really is about empowerment and confidence, the self-confidence really uh, within the team Um, and I have seen my team grow massively through this period um, and deliver the programme under very, very different circumstances Um, but realising the need for them to deliver to support the businesses here in the region um and i think that uh, we will come out a stronger team a more collaborative team from this um, so so i think a, a leader um it's also about continuing to grow and learn all the time
0: well it is uh, an interesting subject matter and fortunately we lee we have run out of time uh, but before i let you go uh, diana what does the next 12 months have in store for marketing humber
1: we're we're keen now to look into the, the recovery Um, As I look at the businesses, I'm now seeing inspirational leadership coming from regional uh, businesses here. And I think we're looking for the same from government. Uh, We are very strong in terms of driving our region forward for a net zero carbon uh, economy. Uh, And so for us, this recovery is really about focusing on on clean growth and the, the projects, whether they be large infrastructure projects or the scalable commercial projects, Uh, they need to be funded and we need to look now at creating the partnerships and the relationships that will uh, bring those to the fore uh, and make them deliverable.
0: Well, Diana, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and I'd love to have you back on when we have a bit more time to talk about uh, what's actually going on up there. Uh, Diana, thank you. That's great. Thank you very much indeed. That was Diana Taylor, Managing Director of Marketing Humber. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is my exclusive interview with our chairman, Lord Blunkett.
2: Therefore, they're thinking about more productive, if you like, greater productivity ways of delivering the same service or delivering the same products. And in that sense, I think we'll have temporarily at least very much higher unemployment than we've become used to. But we'll probably have a burst of productivity, Mm -hmm. which will help with the recovery Whether it will help with the inequity of the way in which our economy is imbalanced, both between services and productivity and and production of goods and services, I'm not sure. What we will need to try and do is to ensure that the geographic imbalance that exists is, as far as humanly possible, is dealt with by both uh, the entrepreneurship and innovation from the bottom up and targeted government help which will still be needed, and we are now in the throes of the kind of borrowing that we saw back in 2008 to save the banking and economic system. We're we're having to do that to save the whole of our productive business and Mm -hmm. commerce, and I think that will have to be sustained for some time.
0: Do you feel that people will take a second look at global supply chains in the wake of this outbreak?
2: I think there's going to be much more creative ways of using local chains and how we would cope. And without, uh, obviously, we've got enough fear and anxiety to last a lifetime without creating even more anxiety. We can think about those things for the future in a more rational way, I think.
0: Now, aside from the physical uh, threat of the virus, one of the things that people are vastly worried about is the effect on uh, the economy, not just national economy, but also the world economy. Um, Now, it it has been said by certain parties, um, and uh, I'd like to garner your uh, thoughts on this. Is there a danger of the effects of the lockdown being even worse than those of the virus?
2: Were it to be prolonged, I fear that that balance would tip the other way. It is about proportionality. It is about balance. It's the wisdom of solomon really to to get the moment right when you start to move and then to move quickly there's no doubt whatsoever that we are stocking up not just on the economic and employment front which will be devastating enough but on the health and social well-being front enormous challenges and they will need careful handling because there's a lot of people whose lives for a variety of reasons are at risk in the future on a scale that we've been dealing with over the the immediate handling of the pandemic. Concentrating really hard on those affected by COVID-19, those sadly who have died or been seriously incapacitated that will roll over into the economic, the social, the mental health and cultural well-being of the nation. And that will need all of us to pull together as well.
0: Absolutely. Now, do you believe the government's doing enough for business?
2: I think that the speed of reaction once the scale of the pandemic was clear was very good. I've praised Ricky Sudat for his action. Uh, remember a chancellor who had only just come into office structural investment requirements that the government were laying out before and in the March budget. And those will have their consequences as well as a planned payback over many years. I think we've learned something over the last few months. We, we needed to take immediate action. We don't want another round of austerity equivalent from 2010 through to 2019. I don't think the nation